On this episode of the Dudes and Dads podcast, we talk about pastor appreciation. You're listening to the Dudes and Dads podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel DeMott and Andy Lane. Andy. Joel. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm a little tired. It's been a long weekend, but I'm excellent. I'm going to say I'm excellent. You've had a lot of really amazing things actually happen uh, here recently. Yes. Uh, One of them is that Hattie May, the the really the star of the layman show, uh, the whole layman show, as far as I'm she, concerned. Yeah, I mean, uh, she w- she got her she went and got baptized. She did. So that's today, a special day. Yeah, it was. So last of we have four children, and the last of last of the cho- the layman children, uh, the weest, the weest, the weest of all of all the laymans, uh, was was <laughs> baptized today. Yeah. So. Yeah, I will say I saw the the video you posted, but I was in a situation where I was unable to. I I just I I was it was a silent film for me. Gotcha. I should have put captions up. Maybe maybe you should have because uh, I don't know what I was doing something else. And uh, but what I was really what I was most concerned about was uh, were you able to uh, get through without without uh, just crying like Actually, a, like I was. It, that's it that's worked. great. Yeah, I did. It was this time. Did you feel like you had to like mentally prepare for that? And like like. Or you're just like, hey, we're just going to do this, and we're, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, it was the latter of the two. It was kind of yeah. like, all right, whatever happens. Like, I, like I don't know if I was going to be. Like, I'm, emo- I'm an emotional wreck sure. normally, and so sure. well, it when it's your when it's your little, and you're it's such a it's such a powerful experience. I to this day, if like my Achilles heel for the crying is anytime anytime a kiddo is baptized, like anytime a, a child, oh my gosh, it just like. Oh, it gets me. So <laughs> no, no difference with, uh, no difference with Hattie though. That's awesome. Yeah. Super, super great. Next, uh, next step in her, in her journey. Um, let's see anything else interesting going on with you. You've, you did, a, you were kind of go, go, go this weekend. So uh, yeah, this weekend kind of seemed go, go, go. So it was kind of like, it's good to sit down and kind of take a yes. few breaths and talk to you gentlemen. Yeah, absolutely. Today. Well, uh, yeah, we had our, uh, today was our last, uh, Matthew, last, uh, outdoor, uh, soccer. We managed to get without any bad weather, but of course today was like, today was the final, it's like the <laughs> final game. We had to travel long distance and bear the rain and the wind, but we, we got through it and, uh, yeah, Jackie and so I had two of the kiddos here with me this weekend. Jackie was out of town for a family, uh, a birthday celebration out in the Cleveland, Ohio. And, uh, she's on her way back now as we speak. And then. We hit the ground running tomorrow, as as is always the case. Mondays, <laughs> yes. Mondays always so we're back back at it Monday. Yes, yes. Well, hey, as always, uh, or not usually, not as always, but usually we have a guest on, and tonight is no different. Uh, a returning, I was trying to remember, it's alumnus, right? Because when you say alumni, that's like the plural. Form. Right, and and so Tyler, dude's Tyler, di- Tyler is only a single person. He's not a that's correct multi person. No, he's he's single. <laughs> uh, so our good friend Tyler Hartford is here with us, and and the reason uh, we have Tyler with us is because Tyler brings with him um, the perspective of because he works with pastors, and we're talking about pastor appreciation. Uh, and for those of you, like, I think this will be an interesting thing. Some of you 
Uh, we know our, our audience is kind of all over the place uh, in terms of backgrounds and perspectives and all of that. And so yeah. some of you are like, yeah, Pastor Appreciation, like what's this all about? Um, and, and some of you are our church going folk and yeah. some of you are pastors. So yeah. we, we thought this is appropriate. The whole mix. So, but uh, for those of you that aren't as familiar, I think, I think even as we talk about Pastor Appreciation, it gives some insights into, um, into the challenge of leaders today, currently, mm-hmm. broadly speaking, oh, yeah. it's a broad leadership mm-hmm. challenge, um, and just organizations, how they're, how they're functioning, how they take care of their leaders, how they think about their leaders and thriving and all of that. So anyway, Hey Tyler. Hi, welcome. Thanks for hey, being with great us. Great to be here with you guys. Oh, it's a joy, an absolute joy. Tyler um, was already on, on one of these episodes this yes. season. Yeah. So he's, yeah, that's why he's an alumnus. Right. No, I mean, I mean, recently, like he yes. was on recently. Yes. So that's true. This has, it wasn't too long ago, right. actually. <laughs> yes. Time flies. Yeah. Well, hey, um, so it is Pastor Appreciation Month, the great month of, uh, the great month of October. And, um, for those of you listening, maybe your church right now has done something to acknowledge, uh, the people that shepherd your, your congregation that, that lead. Um, there's all number of different, you know, different ways that various churches do this, but I was just thinking, um, you know, when talking, when talking about our pastors, talking about those that are kind of leading Mm -hmm. organizations spiritually, you know, those sort of things. When you think about your pastor, whoever that is, what do you, what comes to your, like, what comes to your mind? Um, how are, how are the pastors that we know? How are they doing, you know, personally and professionally? So when you, I think that is a question that it's a simple question. Like, I think it's easy, but the whole point of like pastor appreciation is to like, to again, to like bring to our minds, like, oh, pastors are, pastors are people too. Uh, you know, they have, they have challenges. They have, they have, right. you know, families, they have all these sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and so just the first question is, is like for any of us, when you think about your pastor, how do you think they're doing? Have you, have you asked, have you, mm. and, and the trickier thing is, have you asked and do you think you got a serious, a serious well, answer? Is yeah. it a safe environment for that real answer? Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Some spaces, uh, a pastor may not actually feel safe. Today. Yeah. How um, they feel? I'm always mm-hmm. anticipating, you know, and I, I know I said it many times but when I was in vocational ministry, people asked me how you're doing and I used the Christian F word. Fine. fine i'm fine yeah. um and <laughs> and sometimes that was true and probably sometimes it wasn't if i would have right. given a second although knowing that there were times where i didn't just give the the christian f word answer and and sometimes people were not prepared Correct. for what mm-hmm, i yeah. what i would share with them right like mm-hmm. it was a little bit of a mm-hmm. you know <laughs> it's like be careful what happens when you ask me to tell the truth right. um so Tyler, in your role as you, as someone who works with a, with a network of churches, mm-hmm. uh, representing over 50 congregations, kind mm-hmm. of all across Midwest out to the out East coast and then into the kind of the, the central heartland, I guess we could say, mm-hmm. um, uh, what is the farthest West I'm trying cause we are you're out uh, like, you're out to yeah, the East coast, out, but out then Iowa, there's yeah. uh, a gentleman we relate to out in California, but then I'm also part of a a online huddle once a month with executive oh, that's right. pastors yeah. Yeah, that's right. about 40 pastors. Yeah. 
so serving you, in larger context. And this is why I think having Tyler conversation, Andy, like as you and I talked it earlier. Gives, well, and it gives us a bigger, broader scope yeah. of overall yeah. right. what's happening in, in the church. Right. You know, than really just what we're seeing here. Locally. So, so I guess Tyler, maybe in, in the, uh, in the aggregate, as you think about these meetings that you, for the last, sure. you know, for the last, um, well, I mean, while now between sitting with executive pastors who are, you know, and, and, and leaders of, uh, Various denom- you know, various denominational backgrounds, all of that, and then also your leadership role within the Avana Network. What? How do you feel like, like apart from the study? Because we're going to talk about some study things that came sure. that have, that have sure. been released. But what has been your sense? Well, like, how are people yeah. doing? Well, let's 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 just first acknowledge that when you say pastor, are you working with someone that's quarter time, half time, working yeah. a full time job, really doing two full time jobs? to the pastor who's basically doing everything with the office administrator, to multi-staff, to, you know, a mega church with 30, 40 people on staff or more. Um, you know, so that let's just acknowledge that we're never going to cover all the dynamics right. on this sure. call. Yeah. Um, and then what that minister is expected to cover um, can vary as well, right? You can be very specialized as the teaching pastor or the youth pastor, or you may wind up just basically having to do everything. Yeah. So, so what I'm going to try to know are a couple of key pieces that affect probably all of them. Great. Uh, one is, let's face it, when we went to the pandemic, we trained people to um, find community online, and there's many who have learned that, uh, you know, frankly, I, I don't miss being in the gathered body. And so since churches are not businesses, they don't create products, they specialize in relationships. Mm -hmm. When you have meaningful relationships with people who then just suddenly disappear, um, that's that's difficult, right? Pastors are dealing in relationships regardless of the role they're in. And it can be as put together with you as you think they may be. You know, they may be just stoic. But the reality is you're in the people business. So we've gone through a very disorienting time. Then those who have stayed engaged with the gathered body, um, there's been a lot of shifting. There's been alignment along um, more political silos in congregations. So you'll see whole groups leave and just show up at another church Mm -hmm. uh, because of the political landscape, the health landscape, et cetera. Um, and then uh, what you're also seeing is uh, just like the baby boomers, the baby boomer generation is pulling out of large sections of the marketplace, um, I'm seeing a large swath of baby boomer generation pastors stepping out. Yeah. So you have tremendous collective wisdom that have been at it for 20, 30, 40 years. Um, and they're actually taking retirement in many cases um, at an earlier age, as opposed to in the past, they would stay in the pastorate um, and just kind of do the slow fade. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so yeah. you're just seeing a lot of shifts in the landscape. And one study I saw basically said that we have seen in the course of two to three years, the acceleration of leaving pastors leaving and congregational decline that you really would have expected after about seven to 10 years. Mm -hmm. So it really, we, 
it, it's a trajectory that was going to come in seven to ten years that has already happened in two to three years. Yeah. So imagine being responsible for a business and your product is a certain kind of widget and you've done the best you can and in most cases the relationship return on what you're doing in the congregation is far below what you ever thought it would be. It, it's quite distressing. Yeah. Um, so pastors are also at a place where I think they're looking at there's another election cycle coming. Mm-hmm. There is huge economic upheaval. Um, some congregations are seeing more giving, but others are seeing a real decline in, yeah. in giving because the disposable income is dropping. Um, and then, of course, now we have this dis- disorientation that's happening with the Russia-Ukraine war, the Israel-Hamas war. Um, we can only absorb so many conflicts before we really start seeing something hit yeah. the markets and, and faith. And, and so uh, just like what anyone might be facing in the business world, pastors are sitting here going, okay, we are in the business of talking about, um, let's just face it, everybody says when you're together with the family, you're not supposed to talk about religion and politics. <laughs> right. right. Um, pastors, that's their bread and butter. Yeah. Um, not necessarily about political parties, but about lived out beliefs, yeah. right? Which mm-hmm. is expressed in a sort of political way. Absolutely. I'm going to stop there and just say, I tried to paint a big picture and just simply say, um, you know, that you're going to get a very different answer for each person, mm-hmm. but just be aware that every minister is kind of feeling these pressures. Yeah. And whether they know it or not, that's a key thing. I do know some are just like, oh, you it's know, fine. Just, right. it, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. And, you know, I just think in, in the midst of all of that, mm-hmm. in the midst of those pressures, if you have a congregation, if you have people around you, that you have a sense are in your corner and that are supporting you Correct. that are appreciating mm-hmm. you that are, mm-hmm. that are, are designating that in some way. Your, your, is it fair to say that your ability to sort of weather those storms in, increase increases your, your certain. bandwidth to a yeah. certain degree yeah. increases? I mean, if, if, if you're to use a military analogy, I mean, if you're trying to go about a battle and yep. you're not getting shot by your own people, um, <laughs> yeah. you have a better yeah. chance at winning. 100%. You know? 100%. And um, I, 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 I was blessed to be in a congregation for 14 years where I really felt like I was not necessarily a target of people's yeah. frustration. I think, um, well, you yeah. have to ask them if they <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But but I, I hear horror stories. Right? Sure. And my wife is part of a, a group of several thousand pastors' wives on Facebook and all they do is share how they can support each other when something terrible has been said. Um, you know, maybe I should say this. I think that ministry is unique in the sense that some people wind up um, you know, like you may have a trauma in your life that came from an authority figure that was acted against you in just my presence in your life, speaking life into you and sometimes saying hard things mm-hmm. to help you be the better version of who you are. Right. I can put my finger in that wound mm. and you can just deck me. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm not the one that right. caused that. Pain. Right. 
Yeah. And I find that pastors are often on the front line there. Mm. They get sheep bite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You right, know, right. Uh, and, and it's not necessarily the fault of the pastor or the sheep. Mm-hmm. We're dealing in the healing business. Yeah. Um, I have to make it clear again, too. We see all the headlines of like spiritual abuse. We see pastors who step out of line. We hear about the Catholic priests, you know, like yep. I'm a Protestant minister, but what, what is said about Catholic priests also sticks to us. Like, yes. Right. Like, but the reality, right. the average person on the ground that's a male, female pastor is really just trying to do the right thing yep. and do the good thing and, and really want to see people mm-hmm. thrive. Yep. And when you do that, you're going to get bit. Yeah. It's like a, like a vet, you know, right. you're working with an animal that's wounded. You just, yeah. you, you know, the healing business is hard work. And, you know, Andy, I wonder, um, as uh, maybe you and Julie have had this conversation at some point now that you have, uh, you know, you, like you have a wife that's entered into vocational ministry late, like late, mm-hmm. later on, mm-hmm. later on in life. Mm-hmm. And, um, just having the conversation of what like because every individual especially like every spiritual leader like they receive affirmation differently Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like what so like would you be able right now to have a sense of like in what area like how like how if you were if someone were to ask you come to you from the congregation say hey how can we encourage your like how can we encourage your wife in the work in the work that she's doing would you have like a, would you have an answer for that? Would you have a sense of like how to, how to help that? Yeah. I along? mean, I think definitely words of affirmation are, are going to mm-hmm. go a long way. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it, everybody experiences love and affection in different ways. I mean, that's why we have the different five different love languages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so, I mean, obviously people are going to, some people are going to get that, you know, same, same thing as, as if you were trying to, woo your wife. I mean, yeah, they're, they're yeah. going to be different, yeah. different people are going to experience that in different ways. So, but I, I think words of affirmation go a long way because it not only is just like, here, here's a gift, but it allows you them to see what they appreciate about, about yeah. the mm-hmm. pastor. So, they, you know, it's saying, Hey, you know, and you know, a good example would just be like, you know, Hey, I'm just going to use Julie since she, yeah, <laughs> she absolutely. like, Hey, you know, Julie, I really appreciated the way that you've connected with our family. Right. You know, that you looked out for us when XYZ was happening. And I really appreciated the way that you, you know, what you said really spoke to me on Sunday. And it doesn't yep. have to be during Pastor Appreciation Month. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, that's a, that's a good time mm-hmm. to remember that because, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I, well, I've never been in, in ministry where I'm being paid, mm-hmm. um, but I have been in, in the help desk industry. And yeah. And, right. and, and, and so the same, similar type of things. And so I know from personally for me that, when you're helping people all day, yeah, mm-hmm. especially with that, people are coming to me mm-hmm. when when things are wrong. Yeah, it's never, mm-hmm. and that's right. and that's a great. I think that's a great insight just to say. Right. Usually, usually the beginning of the conversation, the interaction is because something is sideways. Right, right. And, right. and and I get that that's not always the case yeah. in in pastoral care. Right? right, I mean, like that's not always right. the, the case. Yeah, but but. A lot of that is here, you know, even no matter what type of pastor you are, like yeah. whether you're the congregational care pastor or you're the head lead pastor yeah. or the kids pastor or whatever, you're going to have people coming to you that are 
needing something. Yeah. I mean, because your, your job is to pastor the pastor the flock, right? right. And so that's your, and that's your job. But seldom, seldom is seldom. I mean, to that point, though, like seldom is there seldom is there a case where like someone's like, hey, I'd love to sit down and talk with you about everything that's going really well in our church. Right. Right now. Mm-hmm. Or I'd love to talk with you about, uh, you know, just man, the multiple great things. I just I just want to spend some time counting the awesome things that are going on. Mm-hmm. Now, by the way. If you did choose to do that, I would, man, like that's worth its weight in gold. That hundred, right. 110%. I was really, really fortunate. Um, the last congregation that I, that I served, we had, man, it was, there were like two or three instances where folks in the congregation called the office and said, would it be okay? I know you guys have your staff meetings on Tuesday mornings. Uh, I think that's the Tuesday morning staff church staff meeting is the, uh, that's the, <laughs> that's the, the go-to, that's the go-to yeah. right? Yeah. I know you guys have your staff meetings on Tuesday mornings. I would just love to come and share uh, how how the min- how the collective ministry of this church right. has has Im- positively in fact impacted and changed and changed my life. Let me just tell you, and I, I remember those. I can remember those individuals. I remember that those conversations. That them coming in on a Tuesday morning set the course for our for our week as a whole team. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I really like really really felt that. Mm-hmm. Um, and these would be things that they're sharing that I think would be very easy to like dismiss as like, oh, like we're just doing our thing, you know, like we're just doing our jobs right. and whatever. Um, but it but it was it was huge, and to have someone cr- create space, carve out space to to share that. I, I just incredibly powerful. Right. And, and I think again, cause we don't hear, it's hard to hear affirmation. I mean, again, yeah. we don't, people don't yeah. naturally, I, you know, I'm, I'm in several different Facebook groups, right? Um, technology stuff. And one in particular, I'm thinking people are like, people are always saying, you know, these newer versions of the software are terrible. These newer versions of the software are terrible. But what you don't hear is the people coming in and saying these newer versions of the software work great for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, people are coming for the group for support. Yeah. And so like for, as a, as a pastor, mm-hmm. it's those type of things that you, you know, you long and crave for because you want to hear, you want to hear what you're doing, right? Like you want to hear when people appreciate what you're doing. Well, for right. crying out loud, we just hope we're making a difference mm-hmm. somewhere. Like, <laughs> Well, again, I, I want to remind you that since you're dealing in relationships, there is this sense that, like, if I'm producing RVs here, I can tell you how many units come off the line within a week. Mm-hmm. But when you're investing in a relationship, like, you really don't even know this side of heaven, mm-hmm. like, where that relationship is going and what it's going to be like in the end, yeah. you know? Yep. So it's just really hard to get immediate feedback. Yeah. I, let's just face it. I, like, I know that we want to talk about some, some self-care pieces, but if I could just at least note that there's a couple of uh, suggestions I could give that really actually just helpful for appreciation for not just pastors, but really anyone in yeah. your life. I mean, you, you're now an executive director of a, of a nonprofit, Joel. Like, I'm now a director in a, in a church network. It's it's fascinating because we're still kind of doing ministry, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But we're not necessarily on the radar, people. Now, like mm-hmm. we're not um in yeah. the trench. Yep. Having people say, "I'm so glad you're shoulder to shoulder with me." Mm-hmm. We're kind of top level. So I would just simply say it's really helpful to just think about the words of encouragement. You're talking about love languages, right, or other ways of hearing it. Um, I I have letters that I've kept for years that um you know just just so great to have just this tickle file of places to go back and Mm -hmm. hear that somebody actually said something great to me. Um, 
regardless of what you do for work, if somebody shows um, healthy, appropriate love to your children, um, sometimes they can't say that to your face. Mm-hmm. But I had people who treated me really difficultly at times mm-hmm. in church, but the way they expressed their care for my children or gifted things to them uh, was just, just, just really special. Um, you know, when people remembered them as well, mm-hmm. that, that's, a, that's a powerful experience. Um, a, another piece would simply be like thinking about um, uh, like giving sort of like experiential things rather than material items, you know, um, taking them out to a meal. Uh, mm-hmm. It's astounding how many pastors um, don't get invited to go out just a regular meal where we're not talking about church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody just assumes that pastors are so busy they can't do it. But the reality is, is many of them are starving for this regular mm-hmm. relationship where there is no agenda and you're just going and, you, and you're breaking bread together, having yeah. a nice meal. And, and again, these are appropriate things for really any profession, right? Right. Well, and I think, I think too, one of the things that, that's hard about, that I've seen, that's hard about being in church ministry is for, for me and Joel, right? We go to work Monday through Friday. Sometimes we work in the evening, but there we have this time of separation where on Sunday we are going to church to worship yeah. with, I mean, granted, obviously I'm not saying this is the only time I've, yeah, right, right. Yeah, like right. being a Christian is a whole life thing, but, but there's this like separation of work versus being at, being worshiping. Whereas for, for pastors, that's not necessarily the case because they're working still Sunday morning. Yeah. No matter what, it's a 24, I mean, it is a 24 seven job in one, in one way or the other, just in terms of when, and when you might be called upon, you know, whatever might, you know, whatever might happen. Um, and a, and a pastor never really sets, sets that work uh, aside. It's, it's incredible. You know, it's incredibly difficult to, they, they teach you more and more to have healthy boundaries where maybe you should have clear times when someone shouldn't call you. But um, I think you should try to do that as a pastor. But the reality is death is never convenient. Yeah, right. Like death right. never happens when a crisis never happens, like on your schedule. Yeah. Uh, I cannot tell you how many Thanksgivings I've missed in mm-hmm. 14 years of ministry. It just felt like in my context, so many people died on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I don't mean that as a humorous thing or yeah. anything. It just, it yeah. just, you just don't know it when just you're going right. to be yeah. The other thing is we work when people play. I mean, the reality is most church events are when the average person is free. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not unlike, I, I worked for a Toledo Symphony for some time. We would work our nine to five job, but then we'd have two to three concerts in a week during the regular season. It's not unlike some of those professions where mm-hmm. you do your administrative work, but then you ha- you're on when everyone else is off. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. it does take some work. I think that's the piece that maybe if you want to talk a little bit about self-care, um, that's that's a great transition piece yeah. there. Yeah, well, and we want to, as we're talking about appreciation, as we're talking about because uh, there's there's a piece of um, we've talked about some parts here of practical things that any like a congregational member can do, just very yeah. straightforward right. practical pieces of how they can express pre- appreciation. What I'd also want to I also want to do because my you know once a pastor always a pastor <laughs> is. If if I if I could give a seminar to church elders and deacons and and anyone who's 
overseeing or supervising right. or has an impact upon the work life of a pastor. Mm-hmm. Th- there's a there's a whole additional category of like practically speaking how they right. can how they can show appreciation um, for for the pastor. So uh, we'll just we'll say that first. And I want to give in, I want to give some context on why lay church leadership needs to do this because because there is a new reality. We've talked post COVID. There is a new reality about pastoral health that that we're seeing. So I took some uh, the Christian the Christian Post in uh, June of this year. They did they did an article. A lot of this came from a Barna Group with research they had been doing with pastors. They did a bunch of initial surveys and interviews in 2015, and then came back to that group uh, seven years later. So this over the course of time of of 2015 to 2022, and by 2022. Pastors had, you know, there are full two years into, and this was in the 2022, they did it like it was like toward the end of the year, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was in September of 2022. Um, so just about a year ago, they completed this and really got an interesting snapshot of what, of what's going on kind of, and this is within a Protestant, uh, Protestant pastors specifically, just to, to be clear. But, um, so here's what they, here's what they found. Uh, in key measures of well-being, such as physical, mental, emotional, and overall health, pastors have suffered significant declines over the last seven years, especially when it comes to having true friends, which, mm. as Tyler has touched on, um, a new report from Barna Research shows. Citing data collected, again, in this, uh, they did this uh, study, it was known as the Resilient Pastor Research, from 2015 to 2022. The evangelical polling organization showed that pastors suffered significant declines in all areas of well-being when asked to rank how they felt um, as excellent, good, average, below average, poor, or don't know. So in 2015, data was collected between April and December of that year, and it was based on 900 interviews that they did with Protestant, and these are senior pastors specifically. So I'm just here to tell you, um, definitely challenges specific to senior pastors. But that doesn't, it does not end. The challenges do not end at the senior pastoral level for, for sure, you know? And I'm, I'm saying that as someone who was doing, was doing youth ministry in, in 2020 during all of it, like had very, very similar experiences. Um, so they do these surveys. So it says, when it comes to having true friends, the data shows that 20% of pastors in 2022 ranked themselves as below average in the area compared with 10% who did so in 2015. Another 7% ranked themselves as poor when it comes to having friends in 2022 compared to just 2% in 2015. While 34% of pastors ranked themselves as excellent when it comes to having true friends in uh, 2015, that share dropped to 17% mm. in 2022, from 34 to 17% in 2022. Um, Many pastors also indicated that their physical health suffered significantly between 2015 and 2022. Um, in 2015, only 7% of pastors ranked their physical well-being as either below average or poor. Seven years later, that number has more than tripled to 22%, with some, with some 18% reporting their condition as below average. Only 9% of pastors reported their physical health as excellent in 2022 compared to 24% uh, seven years earlier. Um, you know, and then again, this the study goes on and talks about uh, <laughs> mental, like mental health. Um, 
the mental and emotional health uh, in 2015, 39% of pastors surveyed uh, said uh, their mental and emotional health was excellent, where uh, by 2022 it was down to 11%. Mm. So we're seeing physical health, we're seeing lack of French, lack of friendships, meaningful friendships. Um, we're seeing we're, we're a general overall decline in these in these groups, some significant numbers. And I don't know how, like I don't know how aware the average lay leader is about this. Like I, you know, I feel it's like I want to advocate. I want to mm-hmm. advocate for it. I want to. I want to make it. I want to make it known. But I don't just want to drop kind of a a frozen turd, so to speak, <laughs> like, you know, right. and say sure. like, Oh, what do I do with this now? Right. Right. Um, he, here's, I think what it circles back to love to hear you guys' input on this. I think number one, you all can do the difficult work and it, it can be difficult work and can be tricky to navigate of being, of being a friend to your pastor. I have had pastors tell me your congregation members and your lay leaders don't want to be your friend. And there's a big discussion out there, actually, as whether or not sure. pastors can have sure. friends within right. their congregation. Right. I, I'm call me, call me uh, naive. I still want to believe it's. I want to believe it's possible. Well, how, I guess how how does that work for you? I mean, again, I'm yeah. coming from the fact that I've never been a pastor, so yeah. I can't really speak to that per se. But like for you, how does that how does that work? Because do you do you find that you need to necessarily guard yourself? That's and, the question, right? And, and, yeah. and in that case, then how do you become yeah. a true, like yeah. a true friend to mm. said person? It's, but at the same time, like, why can't you? Right. So, yep. Um, so there's a few a few dynamics. Without getting too deep into the weeds, I would yeah. say I would say number one, um, everybody wants to be your friend until you have a hard thing to say to them. Right. Sure. Right. Tell it like it is, Pastor. Come on. Tell yeah, it like t- it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. And they're like, oh. A little too close to home. That's so that that can turn yeah. that can turn things. the The other thing is, it's like i I have seen the absolute best of humanity in a pastoral role, and I have seen the absolute worst. I mean, things that things that are so dark and are so ugly that were perpetrated or um or endorsed or whatever by quote unquote normal congregational members right if someone asks me in the congregation like how are you doing like what's you know what's up it's like first of all there's things i just flat out can't share just like any counselor or anybody whatever and there's always a little bit of that dynamic of that person who is trying to get to know me knowing that there are things that i can't disclose like Mm -hmm. that's always between us to a certain degree that's a that can be a challenge so if that person is okay with that and comfortable with that great but if they're uncomfortable with there being that like X factor of unknown, because it, I mean, like Andy with you and I, or shoot with any of us guys here, um, the hope would be that we would be continually working in our relationships to be more and more transparent to the, to the, even to the levels of, of like uncomfortability and pain <laughs> for the well being of each other, right? Like that would, that would be the sense. It's very hard to go that it's very hard to go to that place with with congregation sure. members. That that is a, that is a challenge. The other thing I would say is sometimes when you do share the things that are are <laughs> the things that are bugging you, um, people don't know how to handle it. They don't. Yeah. They don't. You know, it's like 
doggone it. I put my pants on one leg, one leg at a time, just like everybody else. I got, you know, um, oh gosh, last year, last year around this time, a little bit earlier, actually into the summer, like there was, there was, a, you know, there was a thing with, with, uh, with one of my kiddos that was really bothering me and it was get it was getting to, it was affecting, it was affecting a lot of things mm-hmm. in my life. Um, and I'll be honest with you. I don't, when people ask me how that was going, I don't know if they, I look, I don't, I don't know if they knew how to receive that. I don't know if, if cause I was like trying to be mm-hmm. honest, you know, with mm-hmm. what, what the, what the thing was that was in my life that was the most cha- was the most challenging and um yeah. and so it's kind of like you know there's uh there, there yeah there there are some there are some landmines there at the same time i want to believe that i can be i can have meaningful friendships with the people in my in my congregation so so how how as people in your congregation how can they support you through this i mean we've talked about yeah. we've talked about cards and words of encouragement and even even gifts yep like what's that look like for for the two of you you know even even now tyler you're, you're not necessarily in in day-to-day uh-huh. pastoral ministry yeah, but, but you're still in it you're still yeah. in yeah. it right so what's okay. what do those things look like for you so here here's what i i think so i'll say this and then and then i definitely want to hear what, what tyler <laughs> would say but um okay the way you can show appreciation to your senior pastor at a, at a bigger congregation level. And so by the way, this is like, if you are someone that's part of a church and just even as a as a voting church member, this is an awareness you can have. If you're a deacon or an elder, you have some sort of, some sort of role. This is what I would, I would say. You need to lovingly, the way you, you can appreciate your pastor is to lovingly mandate certain rhythms of self-care into their life um so you're saying advocate for them yes you know, like like yeah, yeah. A- as 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 just church members you advocate for them to the to the board to the staff raise the your other. hand at the at the church meeting and go hey when does pastor so-and-so get their when when are, when is their sabbatical happening um what are we what are we doing what are we doing about that um, have we budgeted, have we budgeted that, you know, if you're on the finance, are we budgeting for a sabbatical? Are we budgeting for someone to do pulpit, pulpit supply or whatever is needed while they're gone? Um, are, uh, so, so those be a hand, you can be a hand raiser and raise your hand and ask those, ask those questions, um, as an advocate for, for your, for your pastor. That's, that's, and that's one way to show appreciation. The other thing I would say is if you're on a board, where you are you setting the expectations for what what how the pastor dedicates their time or or whatever uh yes mandate sabbaticals um there's a lot of discussion around how frequently that should be done i the net, the network with which i i'm i still hold my ordination but what as i was serving in it's every you know a lot of it's every fourth year they look at they look at doing a sabbatical I don't know if that's changed much, Tyler. It's usually between four to seven years. Yeah. But if it's yeah. seven years, it's three months. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's like they're they're really serious. They're really serious. The network's mm-hmm. really serious about that, and there there's I I know there's been some pretty intentional conversations around it. The other thing is, uh, and I did this as an executive pastor. Uh, you need to have a circle of of people that are praying for you outside of your immediate ministry context, and I like I. As an executive pastor, I mandated that for my staff. I said, you need to have three to five people 
that do not have a dog in the hunt in this local congregate in this mm-hmm. local congregation. Right. So this is a little bit out. This is a little bit outside right. of local congregation, but um, who you can you can share your prayer needs with, and they and they will and they will do that. Well, and I, I think that that's probably a better thing to have on the out like outside of your local church. Yep. Cause again, like, yes, yeah. you can, you can be friends with the people in your church, but like you said earlier, Joel, like right. you have this confidentiality yeah. that you right. can't necessarily. And, and again, not saying well, that you should share. Like, if it's like, Hey, I'm pissed off at my senior pastor right now. I need <laughs> you to pray for me. You know, it's like, Probably it's not like a good thing, yeah. maybe you should, you know, um, no, but I mean, yeah. as yeah. if you have your prayer circle, your prayer shield right. outside of your local congregation, then you, you can, not necessarily giving details away because you still want to be right. confidential to who you're talking about, yep. but you can open up a little bit more and say what you're struggling with and how people can pray for you in, in particular. So if you're an elder and you're responsible for assigning, you know, assigning job description, whatever to your, your senior pastor, your youth pastor, whatever it is, as an elder, what I would say is, Hey, uh, part of your job, part of your job requirement is having a group of people outside of this congregation that are actively praying for you that you're that you're sharing with regularly mm-hmm. and like we're going to require we're going to mm-hmm. require that so there, there's yeah. that uh there's the sabbatical thing and then i would say a regular rhythm of a day of like a silence and solitude like on a monthly basis kind of thing um some pastors that get and again as i'm saying this i know that someone is hearing going you don't live my ministry life where's the time to you know to do these sort of things or i can't afford it here's the deal i want Please hear me in all love and respect. You cannot afford not to do, the, to mm-hmm. do these things. The, the, study, the studies are in. Yeah. What I just read here is the result of unhealthy rhythms in, that have just been, you know, um, it have just been, the volume has just been turned up on them um, over the last few years mm-hmm. and, we're, and we're looking at it. So uh, the way you can appreciate your pastor is to sort of impose upon them healthy opportunities for healthy rhythms whether or not they follow through on it that's going to be on them but communicating to them this is a value for us we want to appreciate you in the in these ways uh and we want to give you space and we want to give you an expectation well and i, I think another good way to, to do that is to mandate and, and and mandate and provide finances for yeah counseling yeah, oh, because, yeah. because i think yeah. a lot of times pastors in general aren't necessarily going to do that if they're not I don't want to say forced to, yep. but they're taking a lot on their shoulders yep. and need to be able to get that off. And so that they're with counseling, that's another mm-hmm. relationship where they can have a, a confidentiality, but be able to work out some of the, the things that are going on in their lives. Like, yeah, I think that that would be a, a good thing. You could do a preemptive as well of, uh, of not counseling, but rather spiritual direction oh, sure. so that you're heading it off at the past before it, there's counseling needed. Um, I know my church provided for me to meet with their spiritual director every month for um, probably nine to ten mm. years, and that made a really big difference yeah. in being able to pivot in some really difficult times. Can Can you explain for our listeners what the difference between counseling and spiritual direction sure. would be? Uh, in a nutshell, counseling is kind of like um, what's the joke? God was the first counselor. He said, uh, "Where are you, and what have you done?" <laughs> um, to Adam. Uh, I give credit to Frederick Buechner for that one. Um, but but a counselor is kind of digging at kind of like places that need um, like real healing. Um, a spiritual director is helping you kind of look at where God is working in your life 
helping you discern what next steps might look like. Um, it, I used to say with my spiritual director that my theme was chasing God's glory. And so my spiritual director was constantly helping me open my eyes to seeing how God is at work, even in difficult situations. Mm. Um, that, that count, he was not there to counsel me. He was there to, to ask questions that opened and unveiled and uh, d- directed. He's a listen. He's a like a listening partner, sure. like helping you yeah. hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. It, thing. It's a fine yeah. line. It really is because yeah. uh, a spiritual director can lead you into an area where you definitely need. You discover that you really do need some some counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things that I would just note. Um, one would be that in an environment where an open position used to generate 20, 30, or more applications, we're now seeing um, one, two, or three applications. So there just simply aren't a lot of people going into ministry for various reasons, uh, the time uh, and the pay. I mean, mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it's not a high-paying job for many people, and it's a lot of work, and it, it, it costs you. It costs your family. Um, and so right off the bat, you know, we're giving advice for pastors and for congregations. Um, just know that pastors are in high demand and congregations need to be careful to not assume that there's just someone else going to come in and pick up the ball if this pastor burns out and leaves. It, it's really putting the... Uh, the weight on congregations to take care of the people that they have mm-hmm. yeah. and for pastors to take care of themselves. So I just wanted to note that's a key point. Um, as far as like care, uh, I think that if you're a pastor and you're listening to me, um, I was guilty of it. We all have blind spots where we just kind of think that we're functioning really well, mm-hmm. but we're not. We're functioning out of tiredness or the last dregs at the bottom of the barrel. And um, it's helpful to remember what my mentor told me, 83-year-old Dan Slabaugh. He said, listen, like the Holy Spirit was at work before you showed up. He's going to keep working when you die or when you leave. Don't think you're the Holy Spirit. Like um, It's kind of in line with with Joel saying that um, you can't not afford to take that time off or to reorient. If you're pouring into other people, you must take breaks. My congregation gave me um, a weekend away every quarter, and um, you have to learn to step out of it. Yeah. Because it, it will be removed from you mm. if you don't learn to step out of it. And when we're seeing that roll out all around, a dear friend just had that happen a couple of weeks ago, you know, burned out, tired, said things that they never intended to say in meetings. And wound up, um, yeah, you know, having to step out. Everything is fine until it's not right, and 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 that's sure. you know, and that's how it that's how it goes. Um, I just, yeah, I, I think for anybody anybody listening, wherever you are, if again, congregation member, church leader, pastor, wh- whomever, um, yeah. there, there's all this there's all this work that all of us can do together. That is, mm-hmm. that is just, it is, there's good preventative work that can be done. There, right. There's agreements that we can come to um, where we say, Hey, 
all of us together are going to promote the longevity and the health of, right. of the ministry that mm -hmm. we're engaging in. And that, and that means appreciating each other and in very practical, specific ways, having built in rhythms in which we, we do that. There's a month dedicated to it, but man, oh man, a card of appreciation. Um, when I, when I served here at Clinton frame, there's, uh, there are a few individuals here, their ministry is card mm -hmm. is card writing. I have I, Tyler. I same deal. I have those saved. There's a box that I keep them in. I just opened them up. Oh gosh. It was last month. I just, I was like, there was this whole, um, I've got this whole crate of cards. Even it was my, my last sermon that I preached here, um, a few years ago. Um, just cards upon cards, man, oh man, really, really powerful, meaningful stuff. Um, so there's the practical things. There's also the structural, you know, whether you want to call it job description sort of things, mm -hmm. things like that, that we can do just to show that we appreciate the, the pastoral role right. in, in our churches and that it, and that we understand that we understand that, um, while this person has a, a unique gifting and a unique, a unique call, they are human just like the rest mm -hmm. of us and that they have yeah. they have needs just like the rest of us so you know friends i hope that's what you what you hear i hope that's what you know you've uh you've you encounter if maybe you're in a situation where that is not the reality right now um then then affect change raise your hand ask ask some questions ask ask how pastors are really doing um do what you do what you can do to make uh to make a positive impact in that area yeah and kind of in closing, I know you're beginning to wrap up. I'd just like to know, make this offer that if um, someone's listening to this that's in ministry or someone is a ministry leader working with a pastor and they'd like to talk to somebody outside of their context, um, feel free to reach out to yes. Nick and Dad and, mm -hmm. and they can pass that information to me. I have met with a number of pastors outside of my context and, and I love to make those connections and walk with them or leaders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to give one last little pointer. Um, Evaluation. Um, just consider that if you're working with your pastor and you want to make it a great experience, um, consider using something like an appreciative inquiry method. Um, ask what's going well. Yeah. What are the strengths? Yeah. Yeah. What are the places that you dream about for this ministry? Where are your challenges? Um, boy, I tell you, it's a lonely place when you're the only pastor and suddenly it's review time. And all the questions are about ways that maybe you're not picking up the ball, especially if they do a survey of the whole congregation. Yeah. It, you're just basically inviting uh, a shooting gallery, you know. Yeah. So, so just consider even just the way your structure is set up to work with something like an appreciative um, inquiry mm -hmm. process yep. uh, is just a game changer. It really is for the congregation and the leader. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's yeah, Todd, man. Yeah. Thanks for always joining great. us. It always, always flies. Always yeah. great. And yeah. uh, so glad that each and, of, each and every one of you were able to join us this time around. Uh, as always, you can head over to dudesanddadspodcast.com. Uh, we'll have the show notes there. We'll, again, we'll connect you with Tyler. We're always available to have a conversation. Always love that. Uh, dudes and dads podcast at gmail.com for all your emails. Five seven four two one three eighty seven zero two for your voicemails. We love those voicemails. We don't get them enough. We we need more. More voicemails. More voicemails. Let guys. this be voicemail. Let's let this be the voicemail month. Let's do it. The month of voicemail. The month of voicemails. Okay, well, hey friends, thanks for joining us. And until next time, we wish you grace and peace.